Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels we're reading. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Good evening, Taylor Trask. Um, Good evening. It's uh, Halloween, Todd. It is, in fact, Halloween. I wonder if this is like a spooky episode to listen to on the night of Halloween. Um, I, it's New Comics Day and Halloween, so it's that wonderful, uh, you know, it's like every 85 years, I believe, <laughs> that comes around. <laughs> that is uh, exactly New Comic Book Day plus Halloween. It's like uh, Halley's Comet coming, you know? That's right. Yeah, put, yeah. Put on your Nikes and join the Heaven's Gate cult. <laughs> we will all reach out for. Actually, that was the Hail Bop comment. Yeah, Hail Bop. Um, yep, yep. Uh, it's funny because uh, a little behind the scenes, we record two episodes in a day, and <laughs> it's not the day that we release them. So, in the last episode, you totally threw me off because you were like, "Whew, an election day has passed," and I <laughs> forgot that you were timing it like you knew that this episode would come out afterwards, and yeah. I was like what the hell are you talking about? And then in this one, you said it's Halloween. And I was like, no, I mean, just because I went to a Halloween party. Oh, 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 right, 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 right. <laughs> anyway, as you were by, listening to this, it by is By the way, quick, quick little observation. As it would turn out, the uh, Doe, I believe his name was, the, yeah. the uh, leader of Heaven's Gate, looks exactly like Johnny Carson in many of his promotional Really? Yeah, I, I encourage you to go. If you, just, if you want to just kind of go down that rabbit hole, Google Doe, comma, Heaven's Gate, and just look at him, then pull up a Google of Johnny Carson, too. Anyway, Todd, continue. I think he looks like uh, Martin Kernston from Parks and Recreation. You know him as Kernston's Nipple King. Um, oh, my God, that guy. The guy that cuts his own hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're so right. <laughs> oh, my God. Also, he does look like Johnny Carson. I always picture that Doe is like, you know, 5'1". <laughs> like like uh yeah just short of stature um so i i, I don't actually know how tall doe is well it doesn't matter now and kernston uh, martin kernston is is a tall a tall person That's i have martin kernston pulled up right now too you, <laughs> you're so right i had to look i was googling frantically when you said johnny carson i was like oh what kernston nipple king what's his name yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah anyway uh it's a perfect night to talk about a uh spooky book um That's which so, we don't do a lot of, by the way. I was looking at I was like, we don't really cover a lot of horror in these episodes. So it's fine, good to finally get to some. Are, that's actually that. I'm sorry for this diversion, but are you a horror fan? Uh, like, are you a fan of horror literature or movies? <sighs> Not usually. Um, mm. I respect the genre, and I so like if it's something like Get Out. Yes, absolutely. Like that, love it. Um, you know, or, or the Blair Witch, which a lot of people crap on, but that. That movie was the first found footage movie of like the new era. Oh, yeah. I know other people, there's like a couple that came out before and very, very, very indie. This was like the first, you know, like global release kind of thing. So, like, the all that to be said, the genre, you know, like the ring, I'll, I'll not watch. I don't like disturbing, kind of just horrific imagery. Um, I kind of like something that's more you know, thought provoking, um, maybe topical, doesn't have to be. Um, could be supernatural, could be comedy, just but, but, very, very specific tastes. Yeah, I kind of think um, I think our tastes are similar in that of like I like uh, maybe I like suspense more. Like I don't I don't like a, a jump scare movie or like a gory movie. Um, but I, if it were, you know, if if the main theme of the movie was like just suspense and that kind of fright. 
yeah uh then i can then i might you know a jump scare here or there or like some gore is not as bothersome as like when it's just an orgy of of gore and violence you know that um yeah the, the movies that may that use my own my own mind against me so blair what the best oh, thing about yeah. blair witch is that they never show you the witch so your mind puts something there that's probably way more awful than anything they would have come up with anyway and so it's like just that idea that the less is more approach where it's like the you know suspense fits that thriller fits that um if it's violent that's okay but it doesn't have to be you know i think just the the idea that it, the the intellectual pursuit of horror i think is where i really kind of yeah fall. Man, I I'll tell you, I made a um uh, uh a few days ago. I thought uh, The Shining is playing in a local like Ooh, art theater here, and I was totally going to go see it today. And then today called an audible and said, "No, no, 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 I'm <laughs> going to go work for three hours. I can't take myself out of the you know the the freelance biz for three hours." Uh, and then I didn't work for three hours, so <laughs> I should have gone to see yeah. The Shining because that to me is like first of all. Finally, someone fixed Stephen King. Ah, uh, <laughs> we are going to have an entire. That's, that's just me trolling, trolling Stephen King fans. Well, that's but, trolling uh, me too, because I we <laughs> you're not going to have an entire episode about why that's. Not that, go ahead. No, but I, I mean, I think it is such a, a, a great movie and like so suspenseful and creepy. And I mean, yeah. I really, you know, that that hits all my buttons of like. Kubrick that's did an movie. amazing like like as a Kubrick movie, he made it his own in a beautiful way. Yeah. Like it's all, you know, the symmetry of everything, just and that's just it. Like uh, so, so many of those scenes were more creepy because of the the, the art of the filmmaking. Oh, t- oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I there's a there's a, a I don't know if it's like specifically it was on Vimeo, but I know somebody did a super cut of of his uh. Uh, one point like forced perspective or or whatever that's called yeah um and how much he uses it but i've seen it done i think i've seen a special cut that's just the shinings forced perspective stuff and it's like oh my god you mean there's like the elevator spilling the blood and Uh danny riding through the floors and sorry anyway plus also i just want to say as a confession for kubrick faking the moon landing footage the shining is really just top notch (laughs) (laughs) room room 237 uh shout out there oh, uh, God. T- terrible documentary about some really stupid theories but it's um, but you, you know what though that doc it's usually on netflix uh, they kind of come yeah. to, it's usually that's usually where you can <clears> find it um i love it because it's just fat it, it was fascinating to see these five or six people have a completely different take that you know they were all insane takes but they were yeah. they were completely different from one another and it's not a terrible documentary it's just clear that like they didn't really have the rights to use a lot of footage or something like that so it's kind of like it relies heavily on just crazy people telling you crazy things and you're like oh man back it up like <laughs> we need a visual on this um yeah. yeah boy i'll tell you another great suspenseful film oh. is uh not the current movie i think there's a current movie called i think we're alone now but on Vimeo, there's for sure a documentary about two or three people that are obsessed with the thing singer Tiffany, and it's called <laughs> "I Think We're Alone Now." <laughs> and it's no, it's for it's a for real documentary, but it's suspenseful oh, and very no. scary. Anyway, I picked uh, for this Halloween book um, the book that I I had my pick and done for me. I just picked what my book club picked as their monthly read for October. So I'm talking about Harrow County. Uh, volume one, which is called Countless Haints. Um, and and surprisingly, a, a, a thing that came up in the discussion at the book club was that uh, many people did not know that haints was sort of a word for ghosts or spirits. Um, 
And there's this brief discussion of like, oh, wow, is that a regional thing? You know, did I sort of know that word because of growing up in the South? I don't remember anyone saying it, but I, you know, it didn't, it didn't throw me. Anyway, it's written by Colin Bunn um, and art by Tyler Cook. It's published by Dark Horse and volume one came out three years ago, but I believe that this title is still going. Um, So this was released in November, 2015. Um, Let me give you that back cover synopsis, which, uh, like the one that I read for Domino, will not explain anything to you about. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> uh, trend with you, man. Uh, Emmy always knew that the woods surrounding her home crawled with ghosts and monsters, but on the eve of her 18th birthday, she learns that she is connected to these creatures and to the land itself in a way she never imagined. Uh, collecting the first four issues of the Southern Gothic fairy tale from the creator of the smash hit The Sixth Gun, beautifully and hauntingly realized by BPRD's Tyler Crook. Um, so yeah, uh, Colin Bunn wrote the sixth gun, which has like a lot of people in the book club were familiar with that and really love that. I don't know anything about it. Um, and BPRD is of course, a a Hellboy's spinoff, um, with the Bureau of Paranormal Research and something. Um, boy, sorry. (laughs) I, well, I am especially, I'm especially interested in this book because it has been on my list for a little while. Just, it's one of those that I'm like, oh, I've got to read this soon. And it's just kind of, it kind of keeps getting bumped for various reasons. And it, because it is kind of going back to our original point, because it is horror, I kind of have to feel there's a time and a place. I yeah. can't, you know, take it you know, just whenever. So it's been on my list. And it's, it's one of those titles that came out right as I was getting back into comics hardcore again. And um, it, <clears throat> it does, uh, you know, because I was a little wary when I knew like we're going to pick a horror book and, uh, and because I'm not a big reader of it and it's hard to do suspense, although we're going to find out in next week's episode that you have a great suspense, uh, horror thriller. That's right. Um, that, uh, you know, I just didn't really know what I was getting into and I found myself really interested in this. It is a Southern Gothic. Um, you know, it is kind of, I, I believe it's sort of a, a, um, a, a vague place and time, but it is, past the turn of the century but not you know it's i i it's hard it hard it would be hard for me to say what year this is like takes place in exactly mm-hmm. um you know olden times or something but there's there's definitely modernization there's you know there's cars and things like that but you you definitely feel like this is a rural farm life um you know many decades before modernity or something, you know, it's not, <clears throat> it's not just the, the eighties or something. Yeah. Um, it was running around with like cell phones and stuff like, right. Exactly. No. And which, uh, you know, it's always one of those things of like, they don't have to deal with those electronics and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Emmy. So, uh, the reason I said that that back cover copy doesn't really tell you about it is that this, this idea of like on the eve of her 18th birthday, she learns that she is connected to these creatures it's not accurate because she doesn't necessarily learn that <laughs> we learn that. Um, and then the other paragraph about it collects the first four issues. There's definitely a, um, a, 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 a sorry to jump to a, a one of my conclusive conclusive thoughts here, but there's definitely like a sort of a pacing issue that becomes apparent because it is four issues. And like I said to you off the air, um, it's, you know, I was telling you to sort of police me and how far I go because it's like talking about, uh, you know, a suspenseful Halloween tale, like, like stranger things, which I think is like, if you liked that, you would, this book will appeal to you because you don't want to talk about episode four. 
Um, but because this trade paperback only has four issues in it, um, there's sort of a feeling of like, it's just, I don't know. I just would say it wasn't paced right. And, you know, it's okay, like, well, let me ask you this. Cause that mm-hmm. one of my biggest sort of the reasons that I'm kind of hesitating. There have been how many trades so far? Um, five. Eight. I'm seeing eight. eight. Oh my yeah. gosh. I was way off. I'm sorry. So is this, is this something that each trade is like a little mini anthology or is it like, you know, chapter one of a, of a continuous linear story that, you know, is we're just in the very early days of. So like we, there, we, we don't even know what to expect yet. I, well, I'm sorry that I can't answer that definitively. Oh no. But is that a spoiler? No, no, no. I just, uh, because I just don't know like how oh, long they're intended. Like, the, at the end of this volume that like, Oh, this story is done no. for now. And so I, I think that's part of the pacing problem is that, um, and there's a there's a funny uh, a physical trick to that, which is so Cullen Bunn originally envisioned this as like a novella that he would release chapters of on his website, just you know, just prose. And so he's included like a a chapter or two. I can't remember how long of like I mean, there's a big a big portion of this book is that original novella. So you can see how the ideas developed, sort of in the behind the scenes footage at the end of the book. But that plus their sketches for the book are almost equal to the actual content of the story. So when you're holding the book in your hand, you feel like I've got another half of this book left to read. And then all of a sudden it ends and you're like, wait, what? Wow. Interesting. So it definitely, it does not get wrapped up. What I heard from other uh, book club members was that volume two will answer a lot of those questions because they went ahead and read that. So it sounds like if you would all get into the first volume immediately go out and pick up volume two well here's an interesting little aside i'm looking at the page counts and um oh no i'm sorry that's extras it looks like the extras vary wildly between um between uh volumes like i'm looking at like oh yeah yeah. the 24 page extra volume two 17 pages i just it that's interesting i wonder if they originally were going to go like you know issues one through five or one through six for volume one and they didn't they they got off their timing a little or they got re, you know uh, renewed for well, more it's a dark horse property so they yeah um, you know they kind of have a little bit more it, runway to plan things it does well it's weird too because i think there's such a deliberate we talk about image books so much and even marvel and dc there's a, there are deliberate like guidelines you know almost where it's five or six issues to wrap up an arc and i think this one was uh, now mostly this is a guess but it doesn't end like the you know if there were one more issue in this trade i don't i still don't think you would be satisfied um so i think they're ending at the right point for this chapter but you know you just don't it's not resolved to you the reader Mm. um but anyway, back to the story, uh, it, there is um, <clears throat> this this girl, Emmy, uh, it, it opens, uh, the story opens with the townspeople uh, murdering a witch in like the worst like way. It. It's like, like they, they've shot her, they've stabbed her, they've hung her, and then they're setting her on fire with gasoline. Okay. Um, and But even at this point when she would be dead and they're lighting her on fire, she like this ghostly voice comes out of her. So all the townspeople know that they've basically been cursed mm-hmm. and they're, they're sort of wondering when that curse will reappear. And there is this little girl that this couple has adopted 
Um, there are some strange circumstances to that, which I, I won't get into, but they've adopted her. And so everyone is sort of, there's sort of this hidden secret in the town of like, they're watching her mm-hmm. and they're wondering like when she turns 18, is she, or what, you know, is, are the, is the witch spirit or powers or something going to manifest? So that at one, on one hand sounds very, uh, like horror witch story, you know, spooky story, but it's also, it also has those reflections of like, to me, like the mutants from the X-Men of like, you know, because of what they already believe about this girl, they're already sort of making her an outcast and an other, um, but she doesn't know why, you know, it's sort of like, (laughs) why is everybody so concerned about my birthday? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so some of these strange things start happening around her 18th birthday and pa her her you know uh, adoptive father recognizes them and is pretty sure that he knows what's happening but you as the reader are not really let in on that exactly i mean you can put the pieces together pretty easily but it's there's not even like a uh you know voiceover or narrative anything that says you know pa wondered about this or pa never talks to ma about it you know it just sort of you see it happen and you go oh you know, it's weird that these animals keep dying on the farm. Um, so she uh, ends up going on this adventure, which is like a classic horror movie of like she has to venture into the woods. But but it's, you know, it's told to you as she's going into it. And it's super spooky that, you know, she's been through these woods a million times and she grew up playing in these woods and she knows these woods. So there's definitely this feeling of like something's different out there now. And she's wandering in like she doesn't even know what that different thing is. Um, but we, the reader, are already like our guards already up. Uh, and so they so the other big thing that comes out, you know, quite explicitly is will this outcast person, will their special powers be developed for good or evil? You know, once she makes peace with the fact that, you know, she is connected as that back cover copy says to these, you know, uh, ghosts and monsters and creatures. Um, is she destined to turn out like the old witch that they burned or could she be, you know, could she use this like sort of m- these mystical powers for the town for the good? Um, well, and, it, and, it's, that. and that feeling that. of too, like of that, sorry, let me just say this one last thing is that that also the thing that we can all relate to, which is like, as you're turning 18, and you're in a small town or something is, is your fate already decided for you? You know, how do you get away from that? Mm. So, yeah. So sorry, jump into your point. Well, cause as you're saying that out loud, I'm looking at some of the, the art examples and like some of the creatures and things she interacts with. And, and some of them are horrific looking. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh, if I was a townsperson and saw even a glimpse of this, I'd be like, well, clearly she's terrible. Let's, I mean, like, wh- what the hell? Like, wh- it, are we meant to think that these are sort of fun, kind of quirky relationships, almost cartoonish? Or is it, you know, are these dangerous creatures to her too? Like, I don't, I'm trying to understand. No. And I think that's another issue with the pacing of, uh, is that because there's just four issues in this, you know, volume, um, there's some things that I wish it had lingered on for longer. Mm. Like they could have done two more issues and ended in the same point, I think. Um, And we could have seen her shock and terror at these creatures or the weird internal acceptance she has of these creatures. It's not, it's not played for like 
quirkiness or you know at all in like a humorous cute relationship or something Mm -hmm. um i mean she she does meet horrific creatures and while she's sort of startled by them you know there's a it's and it's it's just hard because of that that rush through it of you know so you know with the innocent child who's like she's you know it's it's made clear that she was did not go to school she worked on the farm and you know sort of learned to read from the bible and stuff like that and so she's she's not educated well would this young girl be so naive you know when she approaches these things Mm -hmm. or or would she have a natural fear of them because of, of what was instilled in her um I, you know, I don't, again, we, maybe that comes in later books, but I do think it could have been paced out better in this first volume. I, I would have liked to have read two more issues of a comic, you know, exploring yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, how do you feel about that in general? Just that idea. Do you feel that like, if, if you're, if you're a creator and you're going into a series, do you try, do you treat the volumes, the trade volumes like seasons so that there's, you know, they can be part of a greater arc, but they have to be self-contained as as a volume. Do you feel? Because I kind of, I'm just thinking about myself, like, you know, the things like Wicked and Divine, where that's obviously the case, it works so much better. Um, and I've yeah. I've other series that I'm like, I don't know. It's and I, I think a thing that, um, although you know, you've recently covered uh, several books from other indie presses that we don't, you know, touch on a lot. I, I Oni press jumps to mind. You just did something from them. Um, is that, uh, I, you know, as I read this, I was like, wait, am I too far into that image comics, uh, you know, trope or, or their sort of box where, yeah, you're getting six issues and it feels like a season, you know, and you're going to get a conclusion, but also a cliffhanger and, you know, you're going to meet a new character or something. And is that where my mind, like the pattern, just i want that pattern to emerge in this mm. um and maybe dark horse just just tell stuff differently you know maybe uh it, it is more of that hellboy bprd feeling of like we're just going to talk about paranormal stuff and it's going to be ongoing mm-hmm. um I, I i don't really know how to how to sum that up it's like if i were to put myself in the creator's shoes you know um because i i also don't know you know what the what the publisher demanded or how or how they felt about it and it's probably different when you're writing single books you know mm-hmm. um but uh as a reader and and part of that is uh like i said just sort of that that weird bait and switch of you're holding a book and then you you don't necessarily realize that 24 pages are behind the scenes material you know mm-hmm. like if i had done it again i would go put my thumb oh yeah bonus this- material appears so that i would know like actually it's only these pages that are the story and then i wouldn't be anticipating okay i'm so glad you said this because that and i didn't bring this it, I, we just recorded my episode um that i picked but it's the same book had mm. you know, i was reading it on kindle and i had um you know kindle much like oh, yeah. you can see like oh you're at page one you know, and this particular book had one 170 pages. And by the time I got to like 120, I was like, is this starting to end or is this a new left turn? And I kind of didn't, I wish if, if I had known that like, oh, I only had 10 pages left, I would have been thinking about it or anticipating it in a different way. And that, that is weird how we approach that, you know, yeah, like yeah. just sort of like mentally, uh, uh, yeah, put, put it out like that. So I, and what's interesting to me too, is that there was a, there was a, um, like a, I, I mean, it wasn't like emphatic, but there was definitely like a, um, meh, like <laughs> response to this in the book club of, you know, some people liked it. 
the people that read volume two really liked where that went. Um, I liked it. And some people were just, they just didn't like the art or they just couldn't get into the story. They liked the novella story better. Um, and it's interesting because a couple months earlier, we had read this book that we did on the podcast called My Blacks Don't Match, wow. which is super crazy because it's just not, the narrative is not there at all. It's like a bunch of assembled sort of web comics that don't really tell a story. They're just about the same set of characters in the same setting. Um, and it was just weird to see that people were much more excited about that than about this, which I think is probably true of like horror and suspense anyway, is, you know, if you're not into the premise, like if you're not hooked into it and feeling the suspense, you're not going to, you know, get the same stuff out of it, which is. Tell know. me, uh, tell me more about the art itself. Like, is that just, oh, yeah. it seems pretty unique. It, it is unique in that it's, it's watercolored. Um, and, so it looks like it has a very pastoral autumnal palette. You know, it's, it's just a lot of like sort of the earth tones in it. Um, and uh, which works very, really, really well. And then there are times where something supernatural happens and all of a sudden there's like a really bright primary color palette. And that too threw some people off. Um, I definitely preferred the, the, you know, the muted autumnal colors, you know, when the, when the bright primary stuff comes out, it's, it's kind of, kind of shocking sort of throws you out of it or something, but they actually go into that a little bit in the, in the behind the scenes stuff in their sketches. And it made me see it a different way of like, Oh yeah, you know, that does really stand out. Like this is a supernatural thing happening and um, really highlights it. Uh, and actually does this interesting thing where the supernatural thing is the very bright thing and the humans in it are the like muted tones, you know, instead of the I'm other way around. Out, I'm looking at some of these scenes and some, and, and there are some creepy imagery, but then like, there's some characters that are almost like looking straight at you out of a panel and it's just, it's a little unsettling, uh, but yeah. it's drawn and kind of like reminded me of the uh, cover of the Neil Gaiman book Coraline. Um, oh yeah. Not the art you see for the movie cover, but like the his book cover kind of has that similar sort of vibe where it's kind of you know hand almost like handcrafted in the eighteen hundreds kind of feeling to it. Yeah. Uh, Explained any other way, but yeah, it, 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 to take that sort of style and then sort of like give it just ten percent creepy. It's, it's something yeah, yeah. It's like a, it. it's like a yeah. It's it's very. I mean, you can. I'm glad you said it that way because it definitely feels like they're in that. 1800s or whatever that sort of like antiqued vibe yeah. of yeah. the art but then they're just sort of they can turn the knob up you know it's like a photoshop filter of like let's just warm these colors up and yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's a very creepy episode with this townsperson named mr sorrel um and anyone who's read this would att attest to like how creepy it is i mean there's <laughs> it's the, the undertones of this thing you know it's like he ostensibly looks like he's rescuing her and the colors around him are very pink and very like you know pastel and like his cheeks are very pink and his hair is very white and his you know i think he's wearing like a bright blue sweater and he just you know it's the cute towns person you know he's just the old kindly old man um but you quickly realize like he hasn't rescued her like helped her out it's almost like a kidnapping and, you know, to this young girl who's 17 years old and you go like, oh, shit, what is about to happen? Mm -hmm. um, and in that sense, it's like this whole the color palette, you know, is just twisted a little bit. 
to make him look really nice and innocent. And she's still in sort of the gloom and the darkness, but it, you know, it's, it's played for opposites because in that moment you're like, Oh my God, he is the evil person. What is going on here? You're totally scared for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, there are some flashbacks where the flashbacks are very, very monochrome, you know, where it's like just a mud color and it's just played off like the darks and lights in that, that color or the grays or whatever. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I ended up really liking the way it's colored, but I think that watercolor thing, it's sort of like in Descender, um, where it, uh, I, I talked about this on our podcast about Descender, where the first time I read it, where I was reading the full page, I didn't really uh, appreciate all the details in it. But when I reread it on digital and had that guided view through it, I was definitely so much more into the art in a, in a strange way. You know, I like the display of the art in the print version, but liked being able to follow the story and how the art related to it in the digital version. And I think this one you know, if you flip the page and you see the full layout and, and there'll be like one panel where, you know, the facial features are just kind of vague because it's been watercolored, but you know, a pan, the next panel down will be a very detailed, you know, monster that's rendered. And, you know, I think that just sort of throws people off, but um, overall for me, that art really worked for it. Uh, yeah. So I, I ended up really enjoying it. I think I will read uh, volume two for sure to just to follow up on this arc and see where it goes. And I was, you know, promised by the people who had read it that like some stuff is going to be delivered on and, um, you know, not wrapped up, but expanded so that Mm -hmm. you, you're going to get from volume two, like, Oh, we didn't even consider this. Yeah. Well, let me know if you do, because I'm, that may impact whether or not I, I go down this road. I'm, I'm kind of on a fence. I don't know. I, not that your review, your review, I took as negative necessarily, but it's, it's, I have more questions now (laughs) than I think I did before. So, Oh, interesting. Uh, Yeah. I, well, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to change it. I think that's, I don't want to like, um, it, it's good every now and then to have a book that's kind of like, I'm, I feel ambiguous about. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, you know, we do a lot of books where we're just enthusiastic. We try to avoid stuff that we just think sucks. Um, so I wouldn't mention this if I didn't think it were super interesting. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, and um, that's, that's yeah, purely is, a, a personally subjective sort of view. I'm, I'm, that's not a, yeah. a judge no, of no, no, quality. No. So much as just like, is this something that's, is, is this going to maybe unsettle me too much? I don't know. I don't oh, I, I don't think it's like that creepy, but um, you've dialed into that ambiguous feeling I've, I had about it, you know? Yeah. So, um, but I, but I really, like I said, I, I have a great appreciation for it and I want to see what happens in volume two. Um, it's hard to, it's hard for me to paint that in like more enthusiastic terms. But I think if you're interested in that subject matter, in um, just a creepy kind of ghost story that, you know, it has a lot of traditional elements, but I would say not only Stranger Things, but it's also got, a, in, a, in a weird way, it's got an X-Files vibe to it. Oh, you know, okay. It's got that, um, that <laughs> I, I can't remember what the, um, God, Chris Carter had this awesome quote about, he, he said we often joke about like an episode of the X-Files is a couple of flashlight scenes and and then something else, you know, but that's almost what you feel in this is like it's got that out in the woods scene where, you know, she's got a um, a lantern, you know, that she douses and then her friend Bernice shows up with her lantern and, you know, and you've 
that that feeling of like that very horror movie feeling or X-Files feeling of like you're surrounded by darkness and you only have this one little point of light. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, if you're into that kind of that kind of horror, mm-hmm. uh, which is more of like a ghost story and, um, you know, granted with some really creepy monsters uh, that you also can't uh, like the, the monsters too. Um, you know, there's definitely one that's like very real uh, and there's certainly the witch uh, that's very real. And then there's some, you know, there's just sort of these like uh, uh, references in that, like they're even visually represented where you're not quite sure if that creature is real or right there or, you know, um, but yeah, uh, creepier rather than, than scary and bloody, but uh, yeah. yeah, really enjoyed it. And it's a great Halloween book and certainly like even going into November. Like that's great, yeah. and I'm glad we could finally do a themed episode. That uh, that was no that kidding. Was, <laughs> that lines up perfectly with the holiday, but also just the con the nature of the content uh, works. It's, and it was good. And we've already recorded it, but you've got kind of a themed episode coming up next. So yeah, next, next week we've got another themed episode. There's an election coming, and there's sort of a tangential election. It's not it's not Citizen Jack, so it's not like a so on the nose. Right. Um, but it's there's there's definitely an election kind of connection <laughs> if yeah. you uh, if you are so interested. So t- stay tuned for that. Um, also, stay tuned and find us anywhere podcasts are downloaded or on uh, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Search for Panelism. And if you need to add with Todd and Taylor, go ahead. But I think Panelism <laughs> works just as is. I think we're good now. And we're on Instagram as Panelism.inc. So put that in the name and uh, you can also find us on the web at panelism.inc. That is a new domain. And I, oh, I forgot to give you this feedback off the air. So I'll give it to you right now, which is um, I told somebody at the Halloween party, the name of our podcast. And he went, Oh, that's good. Good. Yay. <laughs> See, public has spoken in my mind. I don't, know that, I, need to hear. I don't know that we've gotten such a, a quick and decisive praise from <laughs> one of our many, many podcast names. Yeah, uh, as I did last night. So uh, yeah, let's feel good about that. I do. Yeah, the more I, the more I hear it, the more I like it. So glad we've got it. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me again, Taylor, and uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. And please reach out and tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about. We will see you next week. Happy reading. Happy reading.